Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. You know, I always love talking to creators and influencers. That social media personality, they've got this energy that that's super contagious. And that's definitely true with my next guest. Gigi Gorges started uploading YouTube videos in 2008 under the name Gregory Gorges. And now she's got about 3 million followers on YouTube, which is a ton. Now, she came out as a transgender woman in 2013 and documented her transition on her channel. She's built on that following and spreads the message of inclusivity and has established herself as one of the leading faces of the LGBTQ community. This was an awesome conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Almada, and today we've got Gigi Gorgeous. Thanks for being on. Excited. Oh my God. Hi. Thanks for having me. Success, Brilliant Thoughts. It's an honor to be here. Well, we're very excited to have you on. I, I got to point out, I see your shirt and I love the Rugrats. Oh my God. Me too. It's one of my favorite shirts for like just lounging at home. Angelica on the top. I'm obsessed with her. I love it. I love it. Well, again, thanks for being on Gigi. First question and the one you get asked the most, how did you get started on this wild ride? Oh God. I mean, it seems like this always has been a part of my life, but it hasn't. I started in high school. I think I was a freshman. So ninth grade in Canada, we call it grade nine, not freshman, sophomore, more junior, a senior, all that stuff. So yeah, I just saw a couple of videos online of these girls doing their makeup and I was immediately intrigued. I was like, I think this is like something I want to do. I want to record myself. I want to edit my videos, put them out for the world to see. And it was really just fun. Like, I feel like it wasn't like I wasn't hungry for money. I wasn't hungry for fame or anything. It genuinely was just like, this is so fun and creative. And I grew up in like a Catholic high school, had to wear uniforms every day. So I really only had like my face to experiment with, you know, so I would wear eyeshadow. And back then, being a boy, it was really uh, controversial online and at my school to be wearing makeup, but it was something that I loved. So me and my friend, my best friend, Mark, who now is the co-host of my podcast, Queerified, it, we just were like, let's just do these videos online and see you know, what else we can do. And we got really positive feedback and it became extremely addictive, as you can imagine, you know? I love that. So Transition to now because a lot, 2008 is when you started, right? Now, yes. fast forward, what is that? 13 years later, insane that you're, you're here with almost 3 million subscribers to YouTube. How has that transitioned you into, into who you are now? Because I think a lot of your fans, a lot of probably the criticism too, but a lot of that has created who you are now right? How has that transitioned you for the better? 
I mean, I've watched myself grow so much online and it's, it's been hard at times, you know, I've, I've had breakups. I've come out a bunch of times. I've lost friends and I've had little feuds here and there, and it's just all a part of life, but it's, it's hard growing up in front of the camera, essentially, you know, for me, I've always been trying to be the most confident person I can trying to be the happiest person I can. And you have down moments and it's, it's uploading, you know, all the time consistently. It's like, I'm not happy all the time. It's hard to put that out there, but it's helped me for the better positively because I think it's helped me be accountable with who I am and, you know, every single coming out I've done, every single makeup look, if it's, you know, a vanity thing, it's like, oh, I got a lot better at makeup. I got a lot better at my craft oh. or, you know, just help holding me accountable. And it's, it's been a really fun journey. It's so fun to look back like 10 years ago and be like, this is who I was. This is insane. You know, it's been a gift. The internet has been a gift. I love it. And a lot of that's documented, which is so different than for for other people, right? I think that's a blessing too. Totally. Right? And sometimes people, I mean, I'll get all the time, like even people who have had like Instagram for years, they're like, oh my God, did you go back and delete that photo of us? Because it's so embarrassing. It's like, <laughs> You know, no, it's just, you live in the moment, you have fun and you just, that's what I'm talking about. Being held accountable. Like my first coming out video, I'm not going to go back and delete that because I don't identify with that person or that identity anymore. I'm just going to live it, own it and move on because that was so long ago. You know, there's, there's power in that. And I, I've come to, to take that in and love it. I love that. So with the content that you create is do you create some of that to, to please your fans or do you choose to say, hey, you know, I'm just going to do this. It doesn't matter. Or is it a combination of both? Because I, I know that some YouTubers are like, you know what, this is what they want. I'm going to give them more of this. How does it function for you? So for me, it's always been a 50-50. I really do just live my life. I share photos, share videos of literally what's going on with me. I travel so much. I feel like I'm just like a busy bee. I can't stay still. So if I'm in, I'm, I was just in Rome yesterday. I was there for two weeks. I filmed the whole time. Obviously, <laughs> my first time there, I want to document it for myself, but I always want to connect with people and show them what I'm doing and just have them feel like they were there. I feel like especially after this whole pandemic moment that is still going on, I actually left Rome a little early because the um, virus cases spiked and I was like, I am out of here. I've done oh. two weeks. I'm done. But it, it's always like, I just want people to feel like we're hanging out and we're friends. And uh, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I want to do this because I haven't done a beauty moment in so long, whether it's like a little mini video on Instagram or on a full mm. YouTube video, you know, things like that. But for the most part, I like to just have fun and I feel like it shows. And I think that, that that's what I like to see. I like to see, I like to feel like I know someone through the internet because they're just having fun and living their lives and being positive and inspiring. And I try to, I try to do that too. Where do you where do you gravitate to more to be able to connect with your audience? Is it Instagram or is it YouTube when it comes to connecting? 
It depends. So it, I feel like YouTube, like back in the day, used to be very easy to connect with people on a private level. Now I think it's more so in the comments, but I love that. Uh, it's just a different kind of connection. Whereas on Instagram or, you know, in the DMs or whatever, I feel like that is a very private way, unless it's screenshotted and put out there, of course, but <laughs> it's, it's a very private that. way that you That's can true. talk to someone and just feel like you're just having a, a normal conversation with them. And for an example, this girl, she was commenting, commenting, commenting on my photos. I live in Rome. Where are you? I want to meet up with you. And usually I don't do that kind of stuff because you never know who someone is through the internet. But true. I just went with my gut and I was with all of my friends and I just was like, yeah, come, come over to my hotel. And we completely clicked. She was this beautiful girl, Brianna. She's 22. If she's listening, Hey, Brianna from Rome, we took pictures. She came with flowers and it was like, it's those moments that I'm like, I would never be able to have this if I wasn't openly trying to connect with my followers online. And that's something I've always done. I will always do. And I think it's just really important to stay, stay humble. You know, like you, you know how people say like, you can't have yes people around you because then your ego blow up. I keep myself with like such real people around me. They're like, just meet up with her. It's fine. You know? And Mm. I, I love that. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about that because I think that's key as you're talking to a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs here. And there are times as you grow your business that you do start putting more people in line at a high <clears throat> position that are just going to be like, yeah, whatever you want. What's next? Okay, good, good. And and you just said you want to surround yourself with people that will say, hey, you know what? Maybe that's not the wisest thing to do. Or let's go this route how, how do you find those people and keep them close to you? So for me, it's always been kind of the same. So I keep my family really close to me. My sister has lived with me for years and years. My manager has been my best friend and my manager for over 10 years. And I feel like if you have good friends around you, the number one thing I feel though is it's it's not quantity, it's quality. So if you have people who are like, yes, people around you constantly being like, yes, let's do this. Yes, let's fly here. If you're paying for it, let's do it. It's only going to benefit them. It makes it really clear to those who are real and honest. Like, look at this person. Look at what they're using you for. Look at what they're getting out of you. What are they giving to you? And it... It's very clear. So now, you know, when I hire like people just on my team or I become friends with someone, I have that kind of instinct now built in. But if I don't feel the the radar or like the "Eh, eh, eh," right away, the good, the good people around me will. So I feel like it's just about having that core group of friends and team that is like, this is bad for you. You know, like this is not a cute look. Or, you know, you're giving too much of yourself because I'm just inherently very genuine and very generous. So I feel like I've been taken advantage of a lot in the past. And I look back now, I'm like, Gigi, come on. It was bright as day back then. But you got to you got to just live it to learn it, I guess. Oh, that's that's a good quote. I like that. So in regards to people coming in and being part of your team, uh, I love that you keep them close those friends and family to help you identify these these other people that may not be so good for you. How 
how does your team look? I mean, what, is it, what does it consist of? Because you, you're in a large social organization here, right? It's, it's a business. What does it look like for those people wondering? So, I mean, I have my manager, like I said, I have my PR, my agency, and for now, that is pretty much my core. So it is a business that I am a brand, and that's something I've worked very, very hard on doing, and I take a lot of pride in, but it's not all social media, you know? There are events, it's activism, it's um, philanthropic work that I do, it's it's work for the trans community, because that's ultimately my my end goal, you know, really helping the trans community and leaving this world a better place than when I when I entered it. And I stand really proud with that. You know, I work with charities and um, organizations like the Trevor Project, It Gets Better, Glad, who literally save lives of trans youth. Um, recently, I worked with the Trevor Project and it was Pride Month in June. So it was kind of heightened the entire, you yeah. know, gay situation or the community's LGBTQIA plus's situation. Everyone's hyper aware, hyper focused on it. And during that time, I've, I heard so many youth who were on, who were helped by the Trevor project, not end up taking their lives because of that hotline. And that's some powerful stuff, you know, basically saying I was going to kill myself because of my identity, my orientation, my family wasn't accepting me. I felt like I was completely alone. And then they call the Trevor Project and instantly they feel better. They feel seen. They feel heard. You know, they're talking to someone on the phone. It's it's a surreal thing to feel. And I've been to the Trevor Project's offices. You know, I've seen I've seen them on the hotlines in a whole room on like, you know, uh, like a commission line of just like full on taking calls and talking to people real time. It's it's really inspiring. Wow. Where is the Trevor Project located? Where's their headquarters? I went to the one in LA, but I believe that they have one in New York as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't know that. I'm in LA too. Cool. <laughs> Let me write that down. All right. So question about how you choose to, to decide that you're going to back something like, like the Trevor Project. Do you do a lot of research? Is it just more intuition? Because a lot of people that are in in executive roles or just looking to give back, they kind of they don't understand the process, believe it or not, of giving back. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you align yourself with something that that you can believe in? Did you have to look? Did it come to you? What was that process? So the Trevor Project came to me. Um, it Gets Better came to me like over 10 years ago. Um, glad I was aware of just because of uh, family and friends and things like that. But for the most part, backing something and being a part of something, even if it's like, you know, just like a brand that wants to come and work with me, it's very intuition based, but it's also research based as well. You know, I want to make sure that it it matches me. It matches something I'm naturally doing. Um, it can be something as simple as press on nails or, you know, a mascara. It's like, do I like it? Am I using it? Is it a natural fit? I'm not just doing it for a paycheck. That's something that my team has always instilled in me, literally since like the beginning. It's like, don't put your name on everything. Don't do everything. You can't do everything. It's it's unrealistic. It's tacky. It's desperate. And that's something that I have really stuck with. And I think it's really important. So yeah, as far as charities and things like that, 
I know a bunch of influencers and people in the space who literally just give, give back for tax purposes. They don't care where their money goes. They just know that they have to. So they pick somewhere random. But for me, it's very important that I pick somewhere that's actually going to make a difference. So like I said, Trevor Project, I went to their headquarters. I got a walkthrough and they, I was, I was blown away. So for me, it's a no brainer, but I want people also listening out there to, to research for themselves. You know, Trevor Project might not be right for you. I don't see how, because they're so fabulous, but you know, if, if it's not the right fit, then that's fine. Find somewhere that is, you know, it's your money, it's your time. And I feel like that's something that people should really put their minds into. I love that. That's good. So people listening in, put that on replay so you can see how to find something that you're passionate about to give back. Because I love what you said, where you, you, you want to make a difference here, right? You've been in this, you've been in this game, if we want to call it a game, right? Which is business. Uh, mm-hmm. For a long time, and and you've seen it grow. With that, though, YouTube has changed since you. You've almost been in YouTube's from the very beginning, yes. which is crazy. That's nuts. How has it changed, and and how do you keep on staying in front of it so that you can continue to grow? Because that's a challenge too with social media. It is for sure. Like I said at the beginning, as long as it's fun for me, then I'm into it. And at the beginning, YouTube was everything, you know, YouTube was like, I, I needed to be like uh, number one. I needed to really have like all like the most fun ideas and everything. And now it's like, I feel like there's so much, I mean, I will say there's so, it's just so, so much going on. So at the beginning, coming out videos were few and far between, you know? I didn't know another trans person that was on the platform. I didn't know it at very many other gay people who were on the platform. And now you can Google coming out trans video or trans youth and find someone's story. And it is so inspiring and so beautiful. And along with that comes so much positivity and community. You know, you can find someone who looks like you, who sounds like you, believes in, in the same things as you. And back then, when I started, it was not like that. It was very, very lonely. It was very, you know, people were looking to me for the answers and I was just living my life. So I feel like that's something that I've taken with me. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna do me. And if I make mistakes along the way, then we can make them together. Whereas now there's a whole learning curve with YouTube. And I feel like that is so beautiful. But I feel like for longevity, if anyone is out there wanting to start YouTube or social media, I feel like you literally just have to be yourself. Just be you, know who you are, learn your brand, know your brand, and everything else will kind of just fall in place. Because if you're pretending to be something, it's gonna, you know, fade eventually. It's gonna be like, well, we've seen the real you and this isn't it. So yeah, just stay true to who you are. I feel like that's that's the biggest thing. All right, I, I like that message. Now you're on Instagram too. Are you on any other platform or just YouTube and Instagram and Facebook mainly? Facebook, Twitter, yes, all of those. I'm thinking about getting on TikTok. It's something I did not understand at the beginning. And I actually worked with TikTok when it when it came out, when it was just starting years ago. Um, and I was like, should I keep up with this? Should I not? And I just did it. But now it is just so much fun. I'm on there scrolling. I get sent videos all the time from my friends, like hilarious ones and serious <laughs> ones. And I'm like, should I dive into this new social media platform? I think it would be fun. It's just another thing to do, you know? 
I love it. I think you would do great on there because I've seen some of your videos. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> you. You would do awesome. All right. So now let's let's see if we can help out some of our audience here. If they're looking to to start on YouTube, you already said, hey, look, be, be true to yourself, be authentic, right? Don't try to be somebody that you're not because then it's going to get tiring and it's going to fall off. But if we're looking at being on YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, what would be the first steps that we need to take in order to, to really go deep and make it, make it something that's impactful? Where would you say somebody could start? Um, you know, I feel like if you are trying to make a difference and you are trying to be impactful, I just say, know your story, know what you want to do. If you're going to do YouTube, maybe have a few videos backed up so you can stay consistent because I think that that's very important on that platform. And also just listen to your audience. You know, it's really easy to just dive deep in the comments Mm. or your DMS, listen to what people want, any questions, I love watching like Q&A videos or live streams or Instagram lives, like get it real time, literally see what people are asking you and what they want. And I think that's, that's going to be a great way to connect with people. You know, you, you don't have the luxury of seeing them in real life. That's why you're on social media. So you can extend your brand and your message. And also, if you are trying to inspire, like I said, it's, it's very important to know what you want to say, you know, what you stand for. And um, even if you don't stand for it in a year or two, stand for it when you start, because that's going to be your, your kind of base and your growing point. I love what you said. Even if you don't stand for it later, it's okay. That is so awesome because a lot of people want to push things on you that you said, not you in particular, but people mm-hmm. you said three, four, five years ago. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I've grown since then. A hundred percent. And something that's funny. You say that I've grown since then. a lot of the time back in the day, I used to get so offended when people would tell me that I've changed. And it, this was when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21. I was like, of course I've changed, bitch. I've grown, I've lived, I've moved across the country, I've transitioned, I've learned, I've grown, I've, you know, dumped friends, gained friends, been in relationships. Of course I've changed. Life has happened to me. I'm not living in the same bubble that I was before. So it's not a bad thing when people say you've changed, even if they said you've changed for the worse. It's like, well, I like who I am. And I know people are out there supporting me. I know I have great friends. If you think I've changed for the worst, I'm sorry. There's nothing else I can say. You know, it's like, this is who I've grown to be. And that's why there's an unfollow button. That's why there's an unsubscribe button. If you don't like who I am, then, then you don't have to stick around. But I know people, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing is very important. And I think that's also another part of having fun with what you're doing, staying true to what you like, staying true and honest inside to what you're doing, speaking to something and knowing how to, you know, back it or speak to it, a point or a quote you've made, I think is really important because you know, people will always ask you, why did you say that? Why did you do that? It's like, well, I can actually speak to it. So I'm glad you asked why, you know, not just doing it because it's trendy or you want attention or money or whatever. It's like, it's always a little bit deeper for me. And I feel like that's very important for people just keep to keep in the back of their mind. I love your answer. And I agree with you. All right. So when you're going to do a live or you're about to just go on and and do something on social. Uh-huh. Do, do you prepare 
ahead of time, like just bullet points, or is it just more like on the go? Just oh no, authentic? not bullet points. No, <laughs> never that. I I like to really <clears throat> engage, like especially. <clears throat> excuse me, if there's ever like a something I'm doing with like say Facebook or. Um, you know, I heard radio or what, whatever. I'm always like, can we do a Q and A? Can I see the people's comments? Can we interact? Not just like this, you know, back Ooh, and forth moment, because yeah. it's really important for me to see what the people are, are saying. And, you know, I can always handle it. I'm like, I've been online for a very long time. If there's any hateful comments, don't worry. I heard everything a thousand times. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Um, and I feel like that's something people are very, you know, they don't want you to think that it's their network that is saying this, but it's people. And I get it. I just like, I love the flow of a conversation when you're actually speaking to someone, you're not just answering these questions that don't mean anything to anyone, you know? That's so true. And look, you mentioned something right there. You said, I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen everything you have. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's rare to to interview somebody that's been on YouTube for this long. We interviewed Gary V, and that's the only person I could think of actually that that I actually uh, don't even know Gary V. Should I? What kind of content does he make? He, he's good. Very motivational. Pushes kindness now. Oh, love that. Um, wants wants everyone to just get along. Stop bullying other people, mm. and then helps helps with ideals on business brands and so forth. Love so, that. Both. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can connect you by email. You guys should know each other, by the way. It's yeah. Really I'm gonna good. definitely look him up for sure. Maybe I do know him. Just his name isn't ringing a bell right now. I'm a very uh, visual person. I need the face. <laughs> I, don't worry about it, Gigi. You got something amazing here. So I have a question about business. When when you started growing, at what point in in this transition for growth did you say, "Whoa, whoa wait a second. This is a this is a business." Right. And what were the first steps that you took that were good that helped you transition it correctly? So for me, it was it wasn't until someone came to me and said, you have something here. And I I should have known. I really should have because my dad grew up very successful. I grew up with my dad, very successful, extremely business, you know, so, so powerful. And my friends would always say to me like, oh my God, your dad, like my, my parents know your dad and we know his work and just all that. And I was like, oh, he's just my dad, you know? So I probably should have known, but I was keeping my internet, every, my activity very secret. I just felt weird. I was like, this is not, you know, a normal career. This is literally just something I'm doing for fun. So it wasn't until my manager reached out to me, a friend at the time and was like, we, you have something here. Like I can help you with this. I can totally handle your emails. We can do this together if you want, you know, no pressure, nothing money, nothing wild. Like you can just like, let's just do this as friends. And it was probably when I could quit my job at the time at a clothing store that I was like, Mm -hmm. this is like, it's like very lucrative, this business. And I feel like this is something that I'm going to, you know, I can, I can really see results from, and I'm having fun while doing it. And my dad always said, if you find a job that you, you know, are having fun with, you will never work a day in your life. And I feel like still, I haven't really worked a day in my life because I genuinely enjoy what I do. And if I'm not really feeling it in the moment, I'll come back to it. And when I'm into it, I'll, I'll, you know, do the work. Um, but also it's about sometimes just being professional and a boss and being like, okay, I got to get into it. Let's do it. And I feel like I've grown to do that as well. 
And I, I feel like this internet, this internet thing, this influencer, which is something I don't even know if I like that word. It's kind of new and trendy, but it's like very much you never stop working. It's 24 seven from the minute you wake up, from the second you have your phone in your hands, it's just very go, go, go. And it can be draining. So, you know, you need to stay focused during it. All right. You mentioned something, the word influencer. Not sure if you like it. What word would you use instead or what would you gravitate to? Ooh, I don't know. I think I grew up thinking the word entrepreneur worked oh. a lot better than that. I, I don't know if I hate the word influencer. I just feel like if you are influential, you shouldn't have to call yourself an influencer. <laughs> That's so true. It's ironic, right? You know? Yeah. It's like, That's I'm an influencer. Point. It's like, are you influencing anyone though? Like anyone can call themselves an influencer. It's like, but where's your influence? You know, I just, I just mm. think it's weird. It's like almost calling yourself like I'm a role model. Like, what's your job? I'm a role model. It's like, are you though? You know, it's like people call you a role model. People call you influential. It sounds weird to kind of be like, I'm an influencer. But I've I've learned it so much now that I'm like kind of desensitized to it. I'm kind of like, oh, it's not that weird. But at the beginning, I'm like, is everyone kidding? Calling themselves an influencer? Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's, that's the world we live in, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Now I'm used to it. But it was the beginning for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's dig a little deeper in regards to business and growth. So we go back to to when you started seeing this as a business. Uh, have there have there been people in your life that that have really shaped who you've become now that are that are super influential in your in your life? Definitely. My dad has always been a a force to be reckoned with and such a smart man. He's always taught me to, you know, he's taught me things about money that I had no idea about. He's taught me uh, these instilled values in me that I definitely take to the workplace and just daily, not even in my business, literally daily. And something that changed my life definitely with my dad and I's relationship and my professional life was my transition. When I was started documenting my transition, I went to, I was seeing a lot of people, but I went to YouTube originals in particular. And I was like, I want to create a movie about this. I've never seen a movie from start to finish someone's transition um, and the struggles of relationships and family and friends and getting a name change and surgery and all these things that I, that, that my transition journey encompassed. So when they got it, They bought it and my dad and I's relationship, I had no idea would blossom because of this. I thought it was just my movie. I thought it was, you know, going to be my story, my transition, but Mm -hmm. it was not like that at all. My dad was a part of it. My, the director, Barbara Koppel, she wanted to sit all of the important people in my life down, my dad included, and interview them basically. And the interviews went from, you know, two hours to four hours, just literally like confessional style, her drilling questions at them about me, about our, about our relationship, about my life. And seeing it back was so insane because I didn't watch it until it premiered at Sundance with everyone else in the crowd. So seeing my dad break down, seeing my dad talk about our relationship and his love for me and that a transition with a daughter or a son is not 
just a transition for the child. It's a transition for the parent as well. And that, hearing him oh, say wow, that, man. I was just like, oh my God, my dad is so much more deep. Because you know, you always think of your parent as like, they're kind of like a different species, right? It's like, yeah. I'm the kid and they're the parent. So they were never a child. They were never a human. Seeing that made it so <laughs> real. I was like, I am getting this newfound appreciation for my dad and our relationship and just things like that. So I think, you know, even if it's not your parent in your life, you have to have somebody that literally is going to be in your corner, whether it's your best friend or in the LGBTQIA plus community. We talk about being having a chosen family a lot of the time. And if it's not mm-hmm. your own family, you go out and choose another one. And it's like, you guys, it, it becomes like a blood family relationship. And I just found that I didn't have to go out and choose a family, even though I still do have one. I just had that within my dad. And that was such a turning point for me. And anyone listening that hasn't seen my movie, it's called This Is Everything. It's on YouTube Originals still. And I'm just so proud of it. And I think that everyone listening, if they haven't seen it, will fall in love with my dad because he is like the true MVP of that film. We'll put a link to it for sure. Oh, amazing. That, amazing. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm lo- I was looking at it right now. That is that is amazing. All right, so relationships, your dad, that's that's cool. That's really awesome. Now, let's talk about challenges. Um, you have probably have no shortage of challenges, right? Yeah. What, what stands out for you that really helped you grow even more? Because at some point, I mean, stuff hurts, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of, of people say stuff to you and, and that hurts inside. But at some point, it's just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to keep moving forward. What was that, that incident for you or that transition that you said, you know what? Screw everything. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a certain point in my life that was really, this is it. I don't give a if I could say that. (laughs) I don't care. I think for me, it really was when I released my movie, even maybe before then. I don't know. I feel like just having everybody's opinion down your neck all the time can get so draining. And I'm a people pleaser by nature. I want people to like me. I want people to have fun and be positive and, you know, have this be like a nice little light around when we're around each other. But there's a certain point where it's like, you can't please everyone and there's nothing wrong with that. And for me being online and just seeing so much hate and seeing just awful comments over and over and over again, really seeing the same thing over and over. I, that's why I, t- I said it before. Like I've been called every name in the book a million times. So now it's like, of course I'll have my down day where I'm like, Ooh, that hurt. But most yeah. of the time it's like, okay, I know that that's not about me. It's really about them because I'm not going on anyone's page and writing negative stuff. I'm not on mm-hmm. anyone's page writing like hateful things. So I just really think about it like that. So I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think for it, it, I know, I know exactly when it was. I finally realized life was too short to live unhappy every single day when I lost my mom, when I was 19 years old, that was something that shook oh. me. And I was like, if she's going to be taken way too early, then I can't live with shyness or scaredness or be timid. All right. How, how do you keep moving forward? 
Gigi, because people throw you all the time, and I, I can't imagine what you go through because that it's a it's a different world that you're in, and I want to know how how you stay positive, how you keep going, because you can inspire a lot of people that just they live with this negativity or or just having this victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And just from watching you, uh, you do such a great job staying more positive and moving forward with what you can uh, have control over. How do you do it? Thank you. First of all, that's something I take pride in. I think it's just all about counting your blessings. You know, you can be going through an insanely hard time, something you feel like you can never get over or accomplish. Um But I think if you can't see the positive in your everyday life, then something is wrong. You know, you have to really get to the nitty gritty with it. And I just love my life. I feel like if I'm going through a hard time or I'm, you know, feeling depressed or down or insecure, not confident, I'm like, you have to at least count three things that you are grateful for, or you think that you didn't accomplish, you wouldn't accomplish, but you have. And it's just all about being, taking the time and being like, I did that. That was me. You know, of course I had help. Of course I had successful, amazing, supportive people around me, but that was me that did that. And it could be something big, like a a work accomplishment, or it can be something small, you know, something very simple, but but a positive thing. And a lot of the time that really does help me. And it keeps me just like, okay, let's conquer today. A lot of the time though, I am extremely happy just to wake up every day is a blessing. I know that sounds extremely, you know, minimal and simple, but I just feel like after seeing someone pass too soon, dealing with grief, waking up, being able to shower and dress up and go for lunch or whatever it is that day. It's like, I am so lucky. And that's something I don't take for granted ever. I love that. That's a good response. So do you have any routines that that you do daily, maybe that help you out or something that keeps you grounded and focused? Yeah, for sure. My, okay, this might sound crazy, but everyone has their own kind of meditation or therapy, but most days I do glam. So doing my makeup, doing my hair is always a therapeutic, therapeutic situation for me. A lot of the time, well, I, I don't glam every day. Let me not amp it up too much, but Even if I don't, I think self-care is so important and I'm so happy that it's making kind of like a huge comeback or come, come to, was it ever like this, you know, important people with uh, the lockdown, they're like, oh my God, self-care. You have to do something every day for yourself. It's like, I feel like I've been living like that for so long now that it really, it really does work. When I sit down, I'm having a bad day or just before an event or anything, a work, a work obligation. It's like, that hour I can just do my makeup, play my own music, really listen or like listen to a podcast, which I'm so fond of nowadays. It's like, it's my time. It's my, it's my space and nobody can tell me what to do. Nobody can tell me what to think. It's like, it really gets me in the mood for the rest of the day. And even if I'm not doing my makeup for an hour and my hair or whatever, it's like, I do something else, you know, wash my face for 15 minutes, do really nice skincare. I think self-care was so underrated that I'm so happy to have it be in the forefront now. 
That's awesome. So what podcast are you listening to? Ooh, good one. Okay. I'm listening to um, Snooki from Jersey Shore. She has one called <laughs> yeah. It's Happening with her best friend, Joey. Okay. Uh, I love that one. They're total messes. They're self-proclaimed messes. So I can say that, but they nice. are just so much fun. I love listening to best friends. I love listening to banter between people, you know, know each other. You know, it's not like this like sterile moment. Um, I listen to Trixie Mattel and Katya. They are drag queens that I know. Ooh. love them. Uh, yes. They also have a great banter. But if people want to listen to my new podcast, it's called Queerified. Uh, it, it's me and my best friend. So it's very that banter. Uh, he lives in Toronto. I'm in LA. So it kind of has just kept us closer in a way, in a way. And I'm so thankful for it. We actually just started. I think we have like five episodes up. So it's a new, nice. it's a new work thing for me, but it's really fun. And getting to work with my friend is something that I love. I know they say don't mix, mix business with pleasure, but I think you can when it's someone that you truly love. Yeah, that makes total sense. And we'll, we'll put up a link to that too. So oh, I need to listen you. to that one. I love it. Queerified. Good. All right. Next question for you. As, as you've been growing your YouTube channel, what, what has changed in, in the production level? Like how many people do you have now following you when, when it's like time to shoot or just pictures or just that whole setup? Right. Because at the beginning, it was just you, right? Yeah. H how does it look now? So it's definitely, I've definitely upped my game. I used to shoot and edit all of my videos. It was something that also was therapy for me. It was very relaxing, very fun to be creative and, you know, kind of get into that mindset was like just my space. It was like tunnel vision. But now I have a few editors that work on different kinds of videos. I have a few videographers and yeah, as far as like, you know, shoots and all of that, whether it's even for like Instagram sometimes, like tomorrow I have a shoot for that. Um, it's a brand I'm working with that I'm so fond of. It's a luxury brand, obsessed. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Sorry. And all the, all the cat hair I'm coughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he rubs up on me. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's something that you can do or you don't have to do. You know, I know a bunch of people who do everything themselves still. It just makes everything a lot easier. I think with the stakes being a little bit higher with the space being so full, it's nice to have people that are, you know, number one in their, in their craft help you out with yours. I think that's the way to go. You're you're just leveraging out what they're great at and you're sticking to what you're amazing at, which is the content. Exactly. Totally. It helps so right. much. Yeah. And it just flows. Like it just is like you, you just leave with more energy. You're like, wow, that was so much easier with people that actually, you know, make it easier. And then if they don't, which I've had a ton of times, tons of people that have worked for me or around me, it doesn't work. I'm like, okay, I know next time to not call them because of this, that, and the other. That's really important too. That's funny. All right. What are you excited about next that you're like, I, I just can't wait to do this. This is going to rock. So for now, I know I've dropped it a few times, but my podcast is something that I'm so excited about. It is my baby right now. And I have something else. I actually just had a call before this. Something else is going to happen very soon. As you know, great things take time. So not ready to talk about that just yet, but it's going to be 
fabulous. And I think people are going to literally die when they hear about it. But yeah, my podcast, it's not just a fun listen. It's something that I really want you to take something away from. So we've had, um, Miss USA or no, not Miss USA, Miss Nevada. She's going to be competing in Miss USA. She's the first trans contestant in, uh, that was nominated in Nevada. We had the first trans state Senator, Sarah McBride. We've talked to drag queens, people who are newly transitioning, a lot of great stories and great lenses that you wouldn't, that even like people think I know everything there is to know about the LGBTQIA plus community, but I really don't, you know, I, even some of my friends that I've had on that we've pre-recorded and not released yet, I, I didn't know things about them, about their identity, about how they got to certain places. It was, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And I'm so grateful for people to have this opportunity to listen and learn because there are so many stories. And the main thing we want to get across is it's going to be people within the community, but we're also going to be sharing some allies too. So you have to come on our podcast if you'd love. That would be that would be awesome. Yeah. And you know a- what? Gigi, we could probably send you some great people that we that we think would fit. And then you determine if they're great. That way you have great content, more I great love content. That. Yeah, we're always looking for people. And I love meeting people also that I don't know. And that's been really fun. Like Miss USA, Miss uh, Nevada, rather. I didn't know. And a bunch of people we have coming up, I don't know. So it's going to be really fun just to meet them and talk with them and have a kind of like an organic first impression over the course of an hour, which is really That's fun. Awesome. You know, it's something that I've never done before. I love that. And you know what? Talking about Miss Nevada, she got a lot of heat. On. She did. Oh my gosh. I was we reading those comments. It. I was like, yeah. oh crap. Yeah, we talk about it on the pod and it was it's crazy. You think that it would be something that would be so celebrated, so and even Miss Universe, even Miss USA, sorry, I keep miss there's so many uh, there's so many competitions. Yeah. Miss USA, she talked about having more trans people competing. And you would think that with that blessing in the pageant world, she would have been fine. But it was, it was, it was, it was positive, but there was also a ton of negativity, which we know, you know, me, the people in the community know it's always going to be like that. So it was just a lesson lesson she had to learn. Nice. I would imagine that you keep a, a really tight circle of of friends that that can maintain your positiveness because it is a challenge. It is. It is. And, you know, it's it's all about mind over matter. Truly, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, not to have certain people around. But if they are bringing your mood down, snapping out of it, it's really like mind over Mm. matter. You know, we are we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Just literally be positive, you know, force yourself. And eventually, you know, fake it till you make it. Eventually it will, it will work out. And you will have people around you that genuinely just bring it out of you. They're pushing you. They're pushing you when you need to be pushed. Yes. I love that. Well, look, it's no surprise that, that you, that you're a success, right? Both, both mentally, right? And, and in business, because you, you just, I, I feel like just from talking to you, you bring it all together, which is awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. That's so sweet. Plus, I mean, we started off with the most amazing shirt, so. Oh, yeah. I got you with the shirt. You can't You can't go wrong with Rugrats. So. And I didn't even know. Look at that. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> well, Gigi, thanks for being on. And we're definitely going to put in your podcast there, put in the YouTube original there as well. 
And anything else you want to throw our way, we'll add it gladly. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you. Um, I love, I love this podcast. That was such a fun talk and I can't wait for people to listen to more. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.